Alrighty. Hello, everyone. Back with another episode of a how-to guide for Gen Z. Today, we'll be doing my first interview so you guys get familiar with the interview styling. Um, try to bring someone new maybe once a week on here just so we can get a different perspective and there's new things to learn from everyone. Correct. Alrighty. So, this week and the first guest on our podcast will be my brother, Anthony. And, um, yeah, so let's just get started. All right, is there anything you want to say? Right um, thanks for having me on. This is, uh, this is exciting. Great. All right. So tell me a little bit about yourself. The first question is what makes you a unique person? Well, speaking of Mike. Not really want to be self righteous. So, what makes me unique? I speak mm, louder, please. I don't know. I'm not too uh, positive what makes me unique. Um, I guess I just have like certain disciplines and certain lifestyle that I try to live that may be different from other people's, I suppose. Different goals. Okay. <laughs> Well, different goals. Well, what you want to elaborate on those goals, or um, I have a lot of um, disciplinary goals, like goals to uh, you know have control over my mind. Um, uh, a lot of the things I practice are so that uh, I could have a stronger mind. I do a lot of um, study into um, Jungian psychology. Um, started practicing the martial arts again. Um, a lot of wellness stuff, a lot of running, um, a lot of studying. I study, um, a hobby of mine is I study a lot of different religions and, um, I'm a nerd, so I love Pokemon. <laughs> All right. That was a pretty good answer. All right. Um, what do you think about, this is, these are tough questions. What do you think about? artificial intelligence talk a lot about that on this podcast so it's interesting you bring that up because i uh just had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day at work about artificial intelligence um it's a great thing and it's also a really scary thing because as humans we're able to compartmentalize our minds to um to overcome certain circumstances and um, be better or worse than what we've been before. And in certain, you know, extreme cases, this can come out, you know, in the, um, in the form of an insane person, for example, or somebody with, um, what is it? What is it called? Um, disassociative identity disorder. But we do that. Everybody does this. Um, and artificial intelligence kind of does this too, um, to better understand us. The only difference is it doesn't have a heart. So, um, I guess, you know, you just need to tread carefully on, um, what we create and why we're creating it and, um, what we're putting into it, you know, um, because like, like a lot in human history, we seem to you know, underestimate the impact or, um, 
the impact we can have on things or, you know, um, how strong, good or bad something could possibly be for us. We seem to underestimate these things until they actually happen. And so our, uh, our ignorance can cause us to be like, oh, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, until it's not all right and something happens. And then we're like, oh, we messed up. But I mean, so many times in history, we don't learn until we've already messed up. So that's my only thing with artificial intelligence. And that really boils down to, you know, um, you have a lot of people in this world with ulterior motives, you know, people that are greedy. So you get the right person doing the wrong thing or the wrong person doing the right thing. Then, um, I guess it could become a pretty dangerous situation. It could spiral out of control pretty quickly. Okay. That was a good, that was a great answer. And, um, so what's your favorite philosopher and why? Man, uh, philosopher is such a broad term. I, I wouldn't say I necessarily have a philosopher. I appreciate, um, figures in history that offered us, um, altered ways of thinking, you know, um, ways of thought. I'm, I'm a big believer in the seven hermetic principles and, you know, in hermeticism, nothing can exist without there being a thought first. So people and movements that have offered us different ways of thinking, positive ways of thinking. I mean, I guess you could coin them as philosophers if you really want to. Um, but, um, I guess the biggest one for me and, um, I don't even think he was probably a, a real person. He may or may not have been, but, um, Hermes Trismegistus or, uh, Doth, the, the figure that the whole, um, hermetic tradition is, um, founded around, um, his teachings really big deal to me. Um, the Buddha and, um, I'm forgetting how to correctly pronounce his, um, cause there are plenty of Buddhas, but the Buddha, I forget how to correctly pronounce his name, but, um, I mean, amazing way of thought. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, like Plato and the world of forms and stuff is, uh, is a, um, great way to, uh, see the condition we're in or Valentinus, the guy who led Valentin Valentinian Gnosticism, um, brilliant man. And of course, Christ, you know, Jesus Christ. Um, but the world has really, really, really done a poor job of, um, correctly displaying exactly what it was that Jesus Christ tried to explain to the world. And, um, so we end up with this really misconstrued figure of Jesus and, um, it leads to a lot of the problems the church is running into today. I mean, the biggest illusion in the world is that we are, that we are, uh, any different from any one thing in this entire world. And they've just misconstrued the image of Jesus Christ so much that, uh, it's really fell to the wayside. 
Um, I don't know if you would describe this last one as a philosopher, but um, by any means of the definition, I would consider him a philosopher, Carl Jung. I'm the late psychologist. Um, I mean, his work in Ion and in the Red Book, just um, amazing ways of thought outside the box, makes you think, makes you wonder, um, you know, um, and his search for, uh, for the truth. Um, I particularly learned a lot of, um, you know, um, the ways I view the world definitely changed the way I see a lot of things, you know, his, um, his beliefs into the, um, the unconscious and, um, the self, the shadow and the ego. Um, there are some ion lectures on YouTube. I mean, if you're interested in psychology and, um, ways of thought and, you know, um, Gnostic thought and whatnot, um, there are ion lectures that kind of follow his book chapter to chapter explaining exactly, um, what he thinks. And, um, I forget the, um, the gentleman that runs the channel. I want to say it's, his name is Max. Um, but, um, no, he did a fantastic job. Um, highly recommend if you're um, new to Carl Jung. Perfect. Lots of good long answers. Alrighty. So to get, to understand you better, um, where do you work currently? Right now I work at Papa John's. Okay. What made you want to work at Papa John's? Um, I was originally, um, going into the military and I needed a job that would be less responsibility and a little easier than my other jobs until I was ready to go into the military to balance getting prepared to leave and getting in shape and getting everything I needed to get together while still be able, while still being able to, uh, make the money I needed to make. And I ended up finding out, I used to work at Lowe's, I used to drive a forklift and I was certified on a bunch of different power equipment and whatnot. Um, you'd be surprised, um, making pizzas, slicing pizzas, boxing pizzas and delivering pizzas, um, a lot easier than the work I did at Lowe's and I'm making more money, more money than I was at Lowe's dealing with hundreds and hundreds of pounds of concrete, thousands and thousands of dollars. And, you know, um, four cliffs that weigh a ton. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. That just goes to show, uh, it makes me question the structure in the world that, you know, I could be having a job with that much responsibility and that, you know, it could pot potentially be that dangerous. And I'm making more money delivering pizzas. Um, really makes you question the system. It made me question the system. Absolutely. But I'm um, not going into the military anymore. Um, had some things get in my way, some health stuff from when I was a kid. So, um, yeah, I'm figuring it out right now, making other plans, but delivering pizzas until, uh, and, uh, until I move on. Okay. Work smarter, not harder, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think made life? What do I think made life? This is a, this is a very complex one. Um, you know, in Hermeticism, you have the all, 
and in Gnosticism as well, you have the all, the entirety, um, the invisible spirit, the father, um, and you have the pleroma and all these different ions that exist in the pleroma and, um, the creation stories are very, very abstract. Um, the creation story in Genesis, for example, a lot of people like to think that's probably the oldest creation myth we have. And it's, it's, it's not there. The creation myth in Genesis is actually derived from other creation myths. Um, first, but if you pay enough attention to it, you see, it's kind of, um, at least in my personal opinion, it's not describing the, uh, the creation of humanity. Rather, it's describing the, the current state of humanity. And uh, what I mean by that is it's almost as if it's saying we had it all figured out at one point, and this is where we went wrong, rather than this is how we were created. And um, there's a book I'm reading by a um, Matthew Paggio. And if you know anything about, you know, Jordan Peterson, I totally forgot you know, about him, you know, when you think about, um, modern day men that are offering different ways of um, thinking about the world, um, Jordan P. B. Peterson is, um, is fantastic. And I know he's very controversial, you know, but, um, him and I know Joe Rogan interviewed him once or twice. Joe Rogan's also another great guy, but, um, my point bringing that up is Jordan, Jordan Peterson has um, talked with the Pajau brothers plenty of times. And um, I'm reading one of their books right now, and it's called um, The Language of Creation. And it talks a lot, a lot about um, the underlayment, the abstract model of um, what the creation story in Genesis is actually trying to explain to us. You know, obviously God didn't literally create the world in seven days. Obviously, God didn't create Adam and, you know, take one of his ribs to make Eve. These are all, they all represent very abstract um, things about um, our unconscious mind. In, in other words, it's describing the ways of thought, the ways of thinking that led us to our current, our, our ways of thinking about the world and the mistakes we made that led us to history that led us to the fall. Um, my belief personally is that we were probably a very advanced civilization at one point and um, our fall from grace was probably greed or ignorance. And that was our fall from the garden of Eden and God living with man was um, a society where um, we all had a common understanding of the ins and outs of the world that which we live in. And then um, ignorance and greed threw us into a loss of this knowledge. That's why, you know, in um, Gnosticism, Gnosis means knowledge. You know, they just don't believe in salvation through faith alone. And neither do I. I believe in salvation through knowledge. And, um... These are all things we need to be um, knowledgeable of. So um, where did we come from? I think the bigger, 
I think the more important question is, how did we get here? You know, it doesn't really matter where we came from. How did we get here? There's just some things that we're not. Yeah. It's not that there's some things we shouldn't bother ourselves with. We're men, we're women, we're humans. But um, the bigger question is, how did we get here? How did we get in this debacle, this mess, this subliminal reality, this sad society? Because that's what it is to me. And how do we fix it? With the word, with truth, with logos. That's what Christ is. That's why he says, you know, I'm the way, the truth, the light. I'm the word. He is the throat of the self. He's the throat of the self that exists in the unconscious mind, the perfect version of himself. He's the throat of the entirety. He's the throat of God. And God is the truth. So if God is the truth, then Jesus was the voice of the truth. And um, I believe when Pentecost happened, he gave us the all the ability to do that. That's what Pentecost is trying to describe. So we all have the ability to speak the truth. But we're either ignorant or greedy or attached. Attached to our lives as people. Attached to our lives as men, women, humans. And um, for whatever reason, this attachment to this society keeps us from um, talking about the truth, which in um, Gnosticism would be Yaldabaoth or the Demiurge. When you start to understand the underlayments of all this, you start to see how they fit into the modern world and society today. And then you start making, you can start making um, adjustments in your thought and then adjustments in your actions because we still need to live in the world to make an impact in it. So um, I'll just leave it at that because I could go on forever, but that's my answer. That's that the was, best answer I could give you. That was a very, very good answer. I thought that was very, that was a very good, good interview. Um, I'm going to cut it here. I usually keep it about 20 minutes. Um, and I think we need another one at some point in the future, cause we didn't even cover a quarter of the information that I had laid out. So anyway, you heard it yourself, ladies and gentlemen, very interesting stuff. He could probably use his own channel completely. <laughs> anyway, thank, thank you, you for having me. And, um, thank you to the listeners. Um, hope you guys got something out of it and, um, God bless you all.